0: I know what I needed, and I don't want to waste more
1: time. I'm in a New York state of mind. It was so easy, living day by day welcome pewter report readers and listeners to another edition of the pewter report podcast i'm john Ledyard, along with my boss scott reynolds here on a victory monday by six minutes scott we made it (laughs) live for a victory monday by six minutes before this clock turns to victory tuesday six and two it it feels good the way the way six and two happened maybe doesn't feel great scott but six and two feels good right
0: yeah, it certainly does. And, uh, you know, that, that was an ugly win. Um, I, and, and I kind of thought it was going to be. Great. We talked about this on Wednesday during our, our preview of this game, John. I, I kind of said the Giants yeah. are a sticky team. They stick to you, they kind of hang around, they make it closer than it should be. And I tell you, the Buccaneers had a couple opportunities, a couple of fourth downs, a, a drop, Levante David interception away from just icing it. In getting the score to more of what I thought it was going to be, I think I predicted thirty to seventeen. It was twenty-five seventeen. Then all of a sudden, the last minute touchdown, and Antoine Winfield gets to put on the hero cape, and the Buccaneers escape from New York with a yes a, ugly win. But you know what? Uh, there's no such thing as an ugly Ugly, win right? Six and two Buccaneers.
1: That's true. That's true. But and, well, and let you know me what, tell John, you about the most valuable player tonight (laughs)
0: all right hold on on one second let me just get to this valuable player
1: for the bucks yeah you go ahead
0: yeah before i forget okay i'm going to take you back to the super bowl year folks right your your fabled 2002 super bowl team warren Sapp, Derek brooks ronde barber Keyshawn johnson simeon rice and all of that well here's a couple of scores for you from that year just to kind of put things in perspective okay uh they beat the cleveland browns that year 17 to 3 they they beat the Carolina Panthers that year 12 to 9. They beat the Detroit Lions that year 23 to 20. I think it was a Carl Williams punt return for a touchdown that got them that ugly win up in Detroit. And without Brad Johnson, they had Rob Johnson in on a on a a cold, blustering night in December, December 29th, not even in Chicago, but in Champaign, Illinois, John. That's when the Soldier Field was mm-hmm. getting renovated. They beat a very bad. Bears team, 15 to nothing. Five field goals for Martin Gramatica. They couldn't even get in the end zone that game. So sometimes on the road to the playoffs, sometimes on the road to the Super Bowl, you need some ugly wins. And I think the one thing we heard from Bruce Arians, John, was this was a game that they lost in Chicago on Thursday night. Yeah, It was an ugly game. The offense wasn't clicking. The defense wasn't making enough plays but you know what they found a way to win a very similar game and that's the difference they won this one they lost that one in chicago
1: right let me tell you about the player who was the mvp for the Bucs tonight scott he didn't play for the bucks played for the giants his name was daniel jones that's and right. um, i think you're i think you're spot on about there's no you know you have to win ugly at once doesn't matter how good you are most of the time you go through a season you win ugly and actually most of the time you look back at this last couple of Super Bowl winners. Most of the time you have a bad loss, to be honest. You know, maybe yeah. that's what the Bears ends up being. I don't know. But you know, this was a game that I thought they had to win. Uh, like mm-hmm. we talked about this on the podcast. I said on the show 24 to 9. Like I thought it would be tough sledding. I didn't think this yeah. was gonna be a blow win. I know in people's minds you blow out the Packers and the Raiders, you should blow yep. out the Giants, but that's rarely how it works in the NFL. It that's just right. doesn't always work that way. It's hard to blow to Giants, out people.
0: You know they, they only got blown out one time that was by the 49ers. They they played the Pittsburgh Steelers right, right. close in week one. They lost by 10, they lost 17 to 9 to the Rams. Their only win was you know was was a close one against uh, the Washington football team. They had a couple of close losses, right. you know. Uh so yeah, they played
1: everybody tough. Yeah. And and that doesn't excuse it though. And I'll get back to my right. point. I mean, I think Daniel Jones, if he isn't the Giants quarterback, and if really most other quarterbacks in the league including probably a Nick Foles type of quarterback plays the night, the Bucks lose his game and it might yeah. not have been that close. I mean, the defense here. They are in the second half getting stops. There's dudes wide open on all these stops for touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, wide open, man, three straight drives and two of those ended in interceptions. And the other one was, uh, was, a, was a three and out. And there, but yeah. there's guys wide open behind court. I mean, so it was a bad night for the Tampa Bay defense. It was a worse night than an already too close for comfort score and box score indicated that it was. But they come away with the victory, and if it hadn't been for Daniel Jones throwing two silly interceptions, missing yeah. multiple throws down the field, and John, being even exactly a little bit right. late with that two point conversion, I still think Winfield made a heck of a play. But yeah, that those were the difference. That was honestly the difference in the game. If we're being if we're being completely nope. unbiased and honest. In this game, that was the difference. Yes.
0: You're, you're exactly right. And, and again, it's like you look at Tom Brady, and it took him a while to really warm up. I mean, it was a cold night, but Brady's used to the cold. Maybe he's used to the to the heat now in Tampa. Maybe, maybe it took him a little while to get warmed up. Um, he came out with two touchdown passes to his guys, Mike Evans and Rob Gronkowski, in the second half. They really proved to be the difference. But the other difference – Maker for Brady was no interceptions, right? I mean, that's that's key. And you saw those two interceptions right. from Daniel Jones. That's something, John, that, that you just talked about. And also Bruce Arians mentioned in the conference call that we just got off of a second ago. He says, you know, he's like you you can't make those those type of interceptions. He's in the grass both times. Shaq Barrett's right there with the pressure. And you either got to you know eat it mm-hmm. and take the sack or you gotta throw it away. Um and, and he didn't, and, and that was costly. And thankfully for Sean Murphy Bunting and for Carlton Davis they came up with some big big interceptions that were needed in this win
1: that was on un- you that wasn't that interesting for Arians comments after the game I mean for you don't yeah. often hear the opposing coach say oh you know those two interceptions probably cost him the game and you know that young yeah. quarterback's got to make a different play i mean he went on to compliment jones too and you know, then right. he plays in a way that suggests he can you know feels like he can win in the game and so i i get where he's coming from but it was funny to hear him said because he's absolutely but he's absolutely right like that was probably the reason he knows they probably didn't play well enough to win that game and um you know i think that that's something that like like we said you know the bears game this was so reminiscent to the bears game in so many ways even like the missed opportunities down the field fulls like they had a couple opportunities down the field fulls didn't hit but all the free receptions underneath just the uncontested stuff playing off coverage yeah. not adjusting Pass rush not being dominant enough, but also the ball was getting out quick. Trying to be fair to the pass rush, and you know, you know. So I think it was it was so similar defensively to how that game went, and then. But I think the difference in this game was I thought the Bucks offense responded in the second half in a way that they didn't against the Bears. Really, I thought in the game yeah. against the Bears, they just kind of continued to sputter in the second half, and I really think the Bucks offense played well enough to win this game had the defense done their part. I mean, obviously when went, so they did enough of their part. But I think the offense played well enough to well. Like I said, I thought they were going to have 24 points. I think the Giants defense is tough. I think they've played people yep. tough all year. And I thought that just as they did, the Bucks would try and try to establish that run and uh it wouldn't work Almost and it didn't. Fault, <laughs> he stuck Almost with it. Almost yeah, they, they really oh, It really did. And
0: it got to the point where it was so predictable, they were literally wasting first down. In the second half, and, yeah. and 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 again, Bruce Arians comes out after the game. I asked him the question, "Why'd you keep running on first down when you were getting no yards, one yard, two yards?" And he says, "Well, we needed to to, to maintain the play action. I mean, that's that's a fallacy, really. Um, you can fake right. the run, and and it, it's proven to be just as effective uh, as you know as as actually handing off to the running back. So, you know, um, right. I, I'll, I'll say this too." Another difference maker in this game was if you go back to last year, John, the Buccaneers uh, had a chance to beat the Giants, and they had a, a missed field goal right by Matt Gay. He was perfect that entire game, and then he missed a what was an easy 34-yard chip shot. Really, uh, I mean it, yeah. that's, that's less than an extra point in this day and age. And uh, you know he missed it in the right. south end zone. Ryan Suckup. I mean, four for four tonight. He made the extra points that he yeah. was that he was put out there to make, and this guy is connecting Huge. on eighty eight percent of his field goals this year. And keep in mind, he yeah. had his first one blocked. It wasn't even his fault. So I mean, he has been yeah. absolutely. Mark's, Mark's money- going to be
1: ticked that you're bringing this up, but
0: <laughs> I know. But <laughs> Mark's I mean, going to be
1: I, so I, mad when he listens to this. Got to give the guy on, credit.
0: Got to give him credit. It's, it's just it's, that's just right. how it is. Yeah. You right. know, you know no, John, I, I
1: completely I, agree with you. He's played phenomenal.
0: Yeah, I, I think we we need to uh to recognize a couple of uh of super chats here that we've got.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh let, let's Tally just pull box. up here
1: yeah for sure cali bucks appreciate the contributions by the way for everybody jumping in here and if you're jumping in and you don't or aren't familiar with what we do pewter report podcast you can search just pewter report tv on youtube uh we do we go live four days a week uh 4 p.m will be live the next three days tuesday wednesday yeah. and thursday talking more about this game and then big previews of the saints game hope to have a guest on this week as well we had awesome guests with Eric crocker talking bucks TV. so you can go back and listen to that one if you want. Eric Crocker was outstanding talking about the Bucks DBs. And I know a lot of you have questions about the Bucks DBs tonight. If you want to send those questions our way, go ahead. If you want a super chat donation or drop us a donation, we really appreciate that as well. That helps a ton uh, with the process of going live four days a week and all the work putting into the show. So we appreciate uh, those contributions from y'all greatly. Uh, Tonight
0: and it's interesting because Callie Buck makes the point about about Jamel Dean being a liability and I wouldn't say he's a liability because he's made some plays this year for sure. Yeah, but I think maybe we we're seeing why Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator doesn't have him in the starting lineup just yet. Uh, You know, he he has a tendency to peek into the backfield and not stick with the receivers and and we even saw Sean Murphy Bunting do that on the last touchdown. Uh, You know, he was that's the problem,
1: right? Yeah, yeah.
0: And, and it's like – That's the problem. You know, it's, it's
1: kind of both I, of them.
0: <laughs> it is. I think Carlton Davis has gotten over that, right? That, that's kind of something that a lot of rookie cornerbacks do. And now these guys are in their mm-hmm. second year. But um, listen, uh, I'm I'm a defensive-minded guy. I've never coached DBs in my life, but I've been around enough DBs coaches that they tell you, if you're in man coverage, the receiver's going to tell you when the ball comes, right? Because he's going to put his hands up and his eyes are going to get really big. And when you see that, that's when you make a play on the ball. And to the Giants' credit, they did that tonight. I mean, they made some fantastic yeah. plays. They had three batted balls, including one of Scotty Miller and Mike Evans They would have been big plays down yeah. the left sidelines for the Bucs. But that's how you play Great defensive play. back. And, and uh, I, I think that's kind of been the Achilles heel a little bit for Sean Murphy Bunting and for Jamel Dean. These these opportunities where they're peeking in the backfield and not plastering to the to their receivers – and uh know, yeah. if Daniel Jones was more accurate, John, on a couple of those deep shots, the Bucks would have been in some real trouble tonight.
1: Oh, absolutely. And you know, I think a couple of things. It's important to remember the larger sample size. Sometimes as 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 evaluators, we need to be really careful of it. But also, you know, as fans, if you're looking to have like a, I think what a strong, well-educated opinion, you know, it's 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 interesting with Jamel Dean because he has been really good all season long, with almost without fault until that Raiders play. Uh, last week really um, you know and then last couple of weeks there's been some bumps on the road so there are times where yes he could be concerning I think we've recognized an issue with him that he has to work on and get better at he's still also really good at other things you know he had a really bad game tonight the larger sample size for Dean's career still says he's a very good player right the larger sample size for Sean Murphy Bunting says not so much so far you know and especially this season and we saw it late in the game tonight let a receiver behind you in that situation you know, it's it's not what something that you can do. And again, he's got his eyes. You know, he's got those. Both of them have to realize you need to flip your hips and get right. vertical so a little bit sooner. If you you don't have to like bail out completely but you have to be able to flip your hips as you recognize and read a receiver's route and be able to get vertical with these guys. And you can't be giving a big plays over your head. We saw it earlier this season with Sean Murphy bunting yep. against the chargers, but the sample size for both for Dean, Dean, I think is still really strong. So while I do say, you know, you're right, that that might be why Todd Bulls isn't playing him more. The reality is I'm not sure that Murphy bunting is a better option, nor does he have the upside that Dean does. Uh, I think most of the time. And so, that's why i would still think it's a good process to keep playing dean but he's got to work on that he's going to get double moved a ton until he put in late in the game he did he after he got beat a couple times he adjusted and he stayed on top of a route that daniel jones wanted in the red zone on a double on another double move a slant and go and so you already saw some process but it's it's some it's part of the process, you know what I mean? But these guys like they're, yep. they're they're still growing and they're still learning. And you and know who else is still growing, uh, John? Think about
0: the it. Monday night football announcers who called the Buccaneers the Patriots, called the New England like <laughs> three times tonight. Big I didn't earn, even you. hear
1: that. That's hilarious.
0: Yeah, I heard it once, but but I, I was I was focused on obviously writing and, and covering. But yeah, apparently big earn. We appreciate the, the super chat there. Um, you know, uh, it's a new Monday night crew, and I guess. When you have Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski, old habits die hard. But but yeah, it's uh you know it's certainly uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers six and two. Right. Those New England Patriots last time I checked are two and five.
1: Right. I'm just being honest with you about this one here too, uh, Scott. I really, to me, like I know I'm I'm totally with everybody in the issues and coverage. I totally get it. You know, we've mm-hmm. talked about it here you know, I think we'll keep talking about it. I don't think this group, you know, in, in coverage in the NFL, you were going to get beat period. What yeah. really concerned me tonight was that I did not feel like the Bucs won up front. That shocked yeah, me. I really yeah. thought this was a team that was going to win up front in this game. Yeah. I mean, there were moments of pressure and I know the ball was coming out late, but I did not think, and I know Shaq Barrett's going to get credit and he did get a good pressure on that First interception. The second interception. He was blocked, locked up. Daniel Jones rolls right into him. Uh, leaves the pocket, drops way too deep, and rolls right into him for pressure. I did not think he played well enough. I will give Jason Pierre-Paul credit. He came out in the second half and played much better after what I thought was at
0: the end, though. he was he, gassed
1: Right. The... I think. <laughs> I think they. And, then, uh, they and all that's went, the problem,
0: yeah. John. The problem is, is they have two pass rushers. That's it. They got Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul. Yeah. And they couldn't pull Jason Pierre-Paul because they didn't have anybody that could get to the quarterback if they take him off the field. And, yeah. you know, he, he had a sack himself. He helped Adam Kasu get a sack. But if you go back and look, he literally – the ball is snapped. He is standing up and just dancing with Andrew Thomas because he is absolutely gassed. Right. And I think that, that – that, and, John, I read your, your, uh, your four – trade deadline deals, and one of those deals wasn't necessarily a trade that I like. I like the idea of getting Clay Matthews, especially yeah. this late in the season. But if you're going to go all in, get a guy that can help you for a dozen snaps a game. And yeah. and and and, uh, and we can talk about the lack of pass rush, the lack of interior run defense too, as, as Daniel Sage points out, uh, the run defense. They gave up 101 yards rushing. That doesn't sound like a lot, but when you only give up 66 per game, that's a lot. And and they had sixty-two yards at halftime. So right. And uh, the you know, Giants
1: can't run the ball. And they I they're know, on their third string running back and their yeah. offensive lines missing multiple starters. And they're the worst. It just yeah, then I mean the Giants were consistently getting four, five, six yards a pop on first down, and it was allowing them to stay in these second and third manageables where yep. they could take a shot, you know, they could they can be unpredictable. And that's the spot right. I wrote about at the beginning of the year. You want to get there as an offense. That's why the Bucks have been so bad on first down most of the year. That that's why if they didn't have Brady being superhero a lot of the time and converting second and third and in, in disadvantageous situations, then I don't think their offense would be even what it is right now. And that's what the Giants don't have, Brady, but they were able to win right. first down so consistently yeah. that they were hardly ever in bad situations. And then even at the end of the game, when they were you know that that, that didn't John, go well off for the box either.
0: You know who's in a bad situation this weekend? This guy.
1: No, Scott. I did Scott. not have a
0: good weekend at my bookie. I did oh not. no. You know what, John? Because of Kansas State. Yeah, that's part of it. Yeah, but you know, you know what, you know what else? What? There's another weekend coming up in just a couple oh, that's days. Because right. we're already right. on to Tuesday now. So Sweet I got redemption. another weekend of football. You're right. Redemption's coming for Scott Reynolds. But listen, folks, it's time for that my bookie spot now. So if you'll humor me for a couple of minutes, I'm going to tell you all about my bookie. Ever since I started out, people have been asking me all kinds of advice on on all sorts of things related to sports. And it's usually about who's going to win and and what team they should bet on. Well, the best piece of advice I can give to anyone is where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. And I can say that with conviction because I've been playing my bookie for three years now. They're not just a sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. I'm, I'm actually someone who uses my bookie for, for my winning edge, and I'm, I'm still up for the year, which is good, even though I took a bath this weekend. But that's why I tell people to visit my bookie. They've got deposit matches, free bets, huge cash prize contests for you to take advantage of all season long. NFL action, check. College football, check. Plus, they got a mobile-friendly website, top the line customer service, making their platform the one-stop shop for all your betting needs. Now, MyBookie offers action on everything from championship futures to NFL in-game live betting, making sure that you're covered every step of the way. Sign up today at MyBookie. When you do, use our promo code Pewter to claim a halfway match on your deposit. That means if you put in $200, they're going to spot you another $100 to play with. It's a bonus designed to give you a little bit of help and head start in your winning season. That's promo code Pewter so you can claim your halfway bonus when you make your initial deposit. Stacked UFC cards, presidential prop bets for tomorrow, and all the major sports await you at MyBookie. Sign up today and begin your winning season exclusively at MyBookie.
1: You know, Scott, we talked about, you mentioned quickly, and I just wanted to plug real quick for anybody because there were some comments and people asking, but that that article I wrote about the trade deadline and four moves the Bucs could make uh, was mostly centered around edge rusher help. Although there was a player that I think the Bucs could trade that was currently on the roster too, but uh, that's over at peterreport.com. You can check that out uh, and you can uh, check out kind of the, some of the players that I had kind of targeted for the Bucs. We may talk about that uh, tomorrow a little bit too although if there's a, especially if there's anything to report but going back to this game Scott you know I think one of the things that got overlooked as I was just kind of watching the social media fall from the game was Tom Brady you know uh, and Tony yeah. Bo says it Brady carried the second half and Brady yeah, really did. you know he th- their second half was field goal touchdown they had a punt in there and then uh t- touchdown to field goal again and then they had the kneel at the end of the game but I mean that that was their second half so they scored on four or five drives in the second half Yes, you'd like him to to finish a couple more of those drives in the end zone. Don't think that was really on him, that the fact that they didn't. Um, you know, I I honestly thought in the first half you go back to the big play at Mickens. Everybody sees it live yeah. and they just see it, it it looks like Mickens is by himself and Brady misses him wide open. Mm-hmm. Instead, it was zone coverage, and Brady sees the underneath defender blocking Mickens where he sits down and he throws right. it to where Mickens should be, and Mickens isn't be. there. Yeah. And and that's the kind of stuff people miss if you're not paying attention to the and that's fine for fans to miss right. it that's fine. And you know what? But and John, what Chris Godwin makes that play. Chris exactly Godwin right. continues that and right. makes that play. And, and that's been the, honestly the big knock on Mickens. You know, if you ask Ted Wynn over at the Athletic who covered when when Mickens uh, was with the Raiders, you know, was that he, finding those zone spaces has never come naturally to him. And so when he missed him, it looked bad from the broadcast on Brady, but it wasn't Brady's fault. And then Mickens drops a pass and Fournette drops a pass. And so, I mean, you have guys making mistakes like they did early in the season. And I thought Brady honestly just got so frustrated in the Bears game, you know, especially the last drive of the game. I just think he was frustrated. I think last year in New England, he was frustrated with guys. And tonight, I thought he just hung in there, man. He just hung in there. The offensive line was great. They gave him all kinds of time for the vast majority of the game. Guys, when he got were,
0: sacked, it was coverage sacks,
1: right? When he got you know? sacked, it was coverage sacks, and and honestly, you're going to have that. You're not going to go. I know everybody's kind of setting this expectation that you're what he hadn't gotten sacked since the Chicago game. It right. <laughs> <And> barely <laughs> been touched since the Chicago game, and, and that's just not realistic. You know, you're going right. to get sacked in the NFL. Like and you know, a blitz is going to get through. Somebody hot's not going to come open. So, you got to be able to limit those things, I think. And I think right. he did for the most part tonight. Giants have been a good team at getting pressure. We said that. And on the show before we knew there was going to have to be some situations where they were over, overcame some sacks, and he was able to do that tonight. I thought he had a great performance down the stretch. It yeah. was the reason. It wasn't Fournette. It wasn't Mike Evans just all of a sudden right. dominating. It wasn't any one-skill player. Chris Godwin ain't out there. Antonio Brown's not out there yet. It was Tom Brady. He was he was awesome down the stretch.
0: Yeah, and a huge throw-in catch uh, to and by Tyler Johnson. Um, oh, you know, yes. Really converting that that was a big play. The, the thing is, is we just had a couple of comments I put up there. Uh, Byron Leftwich did not call a good game. I did not like his commitment to the run on first down. Uh, I, I, I think that against a better team, that's going to end up costing you. It's just wasted downs. If it's not running and it's like, listen, the scouting, port, uh, scouting report on the Giants is easy. Don't run up the yeah. middle. That's the strength of their team, the defensive tackles and Blake Martinez. And we talked about Blake Martinez in Wednesday's podcast. I featured him in the SR Staff 5. Guess what? He forced a fumble. Turned out to be a huge play in the game. Ronald Jones got the ball punched out at the 12-yard line, and the Giants cashed it in for seven. And, and the thing is, is, is Dave Thompson uh, just just asked, why was Jones never seen? Well, I'll tell you what, he didn't get much action after that. Uh, Rojo, and we've seen this now, John, for the last two games. This is a real hidden storyline. Yeah. But Rojo starts off, something happens, and Fournette ends up being the more Productive running back Ronald Jones finished the night seven carries, twenty-three yards, three point three yard average. Uh, uh, a five-yard run was his longest uh, uh, run of the of the day. Four catches, twenty-three yards. A very pedestrian five point eight yards per catch. Right. And of course, the the fumble, and then you have Leonard Fournette come in and double the number of carries, fifteen for fifty-two yards. Didn't do a whole bunch with them. The offensive line didn't get the push that that I expected them to. 3.5 yards per carry, and then, of course, uh, had, had three catches for 19 yards. But, you know, what we're seeing is I, I think we're seeing maybe the, the transition. And it's kind of funny because when, when Fournette was was on the sidelines and not available, right, we saw Ronald Jones become 100-yard back for three weeks in a row, John. And right. all of a sudden, now that Fournette is back, something's happened. And Ronald Jones just has not been nearly as effective And, and he's seeing he, his carries go to Fournette now, especially in in, in the second half of these
1: games, those three games by Ronald Jones, when Fournette was out, were just ridiculous. Like, I don't know what he was. I mean, obviously the past game, it was still horrible, but he was awesome. I mean, he was legitimately making people miss all over the field in the run game that has somehow never translated Scott. It's never translated to the passing game. I mean, he catches a yeah. pass tonight, out in the flat, early in the game, and you're just like, here we go, one-on-one. He's got five yards of space. He can set up a move. You're an athlete, man, like be an athlete, and he just can't do it. It doesn't translate for him to the pass game. And, you know, I don't think Fournette was great tonight, but he's just be- – I mean, he dropped a pass, and he dropped two actually. But, you know, yeah. but he was better, and uh, honestly, the bucks one thing they have to do, Scott – Stop prioritizing getting the ball in the running back's hands. I know yep. you hate to take the screen game out, but you're bad at them, first of all. The execution and timing is terrible. And second of all, these guys don't make any one miss in space. you got to yeah. stop trying to get them the ball by design. It just doesn't work.
0: Yeah, they're kind of the same guy a little bit, Rojo and Fournette, um, in the fact that, that that they don't have a lot of wiggle to them. They have a little bit of power to them. And, um you know John we have quite the super chat there
1: wow Narendra thank you clutch Rojo is better tougher runner than others and DBs need to be better I I I will say this I There's think Rojo, I think Rojo is better but at the same time it's like He's it, just show just it. Comes, right? it just comes back to who beats you less that the, this team is too good to play a running back who beats who beats you more often than another one like and that's yeah. I mean, the Bucks running backs have been indefensible in pass in the past game this year. It is not right. hard to find somebody who can just be consistently just catch the ball and make up and just get upfield. Like, yeah. and for almost every game this season, they've been disappointing in some fashion or another. It's just crazy to watch it over and over again. And I do like Ronald Jones. I do yeah. think he's a more talented runner, but at the same time, he continues to be kind of the guy that 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 shoots the team of the foot too often, and the team's too good for players like that.
0: We just got a shout out from India. Thank you, Nadira. That's, uh, that's awesome. That's fantastic.
1: We've see, we've had a couple people, people watching from all over uh, tonight, and we've got a ton of people uh, watching live, and uh, we. Super appreciate y'all. I know some people were saying that from other countries that were going to watch us, they were saying it'll be like middle, it'll, it'll be the middle of the, the night, um, you know, where I am. And so it was yeah. like, okay, well, you know, catch it in the morning and everything. And you can, Peter Report TV, go re watch it if you're only able to join us for a little bit and you're listening to podcasts or whatever, and you want to watch it, uh, whatever. But, um, you know, Definitely go check us out at Peter Report TV. Subscribe, hit that bell, get the notifications for when we go live. Uh, We do this four days a week. Uh, We're going live talking bucks, and we're going to do it in the offseason too. You're going to get all the draft and offseason content you could ever ask for right here on the Peter Report podcast. So uh, make sure you all 'all check that out for sure. Scott, I know you emphasized the first down runs, and you talked about how disappointing they were. And I think it comes back to the, the backs are part of it, but also we knew this going in. I I don't think the Bucks' offensive line is a unit that is constructed to remove people off the ball. That is not what they do. It's not saying that they're not physical. They are physical, but they are not a big offensive line. They are not a mauling offensive line. They play nasty, absolutely. They play physical, but Ryan Jensen is a smaller center. You know, Ali Marpet and and uh, Alex Kappa are not big guards. This is not a team that's gonna three
0: hundred and thirty pound guys.
1: They're right. They're not built like that. They're not built like the Jaguars' offensive line when Leonard Fournette was there. They didn't assemble their team that way. And frankly, that's brilliant. It's why they're so good in pass protection. They prioritize the right thing. But, well, no, actually, John,
0: John, they they prioritize the left thing. When you look at at this offensive line and how it's constructed, Donovan Smith, obviously a left tackle at at Penn State, Ali Marpet was a left tackle at Hobart College, Uh, Ryan Jensen was a left tackle at Northern Colorado. Alex Kappa was a left tackle at uh, Sacramento State, or no? What? what Where's he from? I'm having a, I'm having a Who is? You, who'd the, you say? Alex Kappa.
1: Alex Kappa was, uh, was Humboldt, uh, Humboldt State. Yeah, Humboldt, Humboldt State. State. Humboldt yep.
0: State. there we go. And then Tristan Wurfs is a right tackle, but he's played a little bit of left tackle too. Yep. So, so it's interesting, right? Because they they have an offensive line that is that is better in pass protection because of yep. all these guys that played the left left tackle. And, and they've got some athleticism, but but you're right, John. They're not they're not the maulers right. that that maybe a Tristan Wirfs kind of is, and I think will continue to develop into as as his NFL career goes on.
1: Right. And I don't love the Bucks' run scheme. I've made no secret yeah. about that. Really, like uh, I think it's just you know to me, I, I would. But again, I I don't think the backs are necessarily a fit for much either. You know, so I think it, it just it's just hard. Like you're just not going to be a team that's built around the run. So you just have to it's hard because you want to balance it and you do want to work some runs in. And at times you do hit some because you do have that talent that's there, but just at the same don't time. don't do you're... it
0: on first down every right. friggin' time,
1: right? Giants? Exactly right. Right. And and when clearly I think late in the game you were having so much success throwing the ball that it was feeling like waste of plays um, to do that. And the Giants were loading up. And the Giants are so good at, in the interior at stopping the run. And so you were just kind of playing to their strengths. And that was amplified on the third and one, right? I mean, that was – the Giants literally were in a bare front with three yes. guys essentially in the A gaps. I mean, they are just there. If there's one, they're ready for the quarterback sneak. Yeah. And the Bucs just ran right there. And it's just kind of like, man, uh, you got to just think outside the box a little bit more there. If you need to call timeout, whatever. You're like, But that's a yep. big conversion. If you convert that, the Giants never have a chance to drive down really in that game. Because uh, remember, they were already yeah. using their timeouts. So
0: where's Shady McCoy? Mitch Jamura wants to know. We're oh, Shady man.
1: McCoy. He is on the bench, left bench where he belongs shady McCoy's time I believe unless there's an injury I think his time is over wouldn't even surprise me to see him not not make it to the season although I guess he's popular in the locker room so maybe he's a guy that they keep around I think
0: I think too is you know he he didn't dress for for the Super Bowl right I think he was Mm -hmm. inactive for the Super Bowl with the Chiefs and, and was also inactive for the playoffs too so so uh, you know, I think I think history is repeating itself here for Shady McCoy as right. Leonard Fournette really take over that third down role.
1: Right, and he's honestly his insurance policy in case the, something happens uh, to one of the Buck starting running backs, a veteran they feel like they could lean on, even if he hasn't quite proven it this season. But you know, Did I is insurance? Yes, you heard insurance, Scott, and you know who is proving it this season is our friends over at Briar Greaves, as you found out recently when you gave briargreavesinsurance.com a call. There are still some hurricanes forming in the Gulf. Don't wait to review your insurance policies. Call Briar Greaves Insurance, which is family owned and has served the greater Tampa Bay area for 30 years for your home, auto, boat, life, commercial, and flood insurance needs. A lot of homeowner companies are canceling, not renewing policies, leaving Florida or increasing premiums significantly. Call Briar Greaves and speak directly to Briar or Sam for a personalized touch for information on the best rates. The folks at Briar Greaves Insurance are big fans of the Buccaneers. You go in, you're going to talk some Bucks football with them, and they're proud sponsors of the Pewter Report podcast on pewterreport.com. Visit briargreavesinsurance.com or call 813-876-4166. That's 813-876-4166 today. One other thing I wanted to talk about, we touched on this, Scott, but yeah. pass protection, you know, for the most majority of this game, you know, I felt like there were a couple times in this game where Brady had to hold on to the football. Giants' coverage was really good tonight. I really yeah. think they should get a ton of credit because it's not a group that's played well. Jabril Peppers played out of his mind. You right. talked about some of the players, some of the plays at the catch point that they made down the field. You know, that play to Scotty, that throw to Scotty Miller's on the money. He has a step yeah. and that. Defensive back recovered, timed it up, knocked that ball away nine times out of ten. You know, that's a catch. And so that was a great play by uh, Isaac Yedomo, I think, who's had uh, honestly a pretty tough start to his career up and down um, for him, more down than up. And and so he made plays tonight. Um, Jabril Peppers made a couple plays. You know, people said, oh, incomplete in that Tanner Hudson throw. I think I even tweeted something like Tanner Hudson on third down, like in the game, like I don't – you know, Gronk not on the field. I don't think there – it's just like what – But at the same time, Brady put that ball in a perfect spot for Tanner Hudson and Jabril Peppers just came over and made an awesome play, knocked it away down the sideline later in the game, made a play, knocked it away. I thought he played outstanding, but late in the game, the Giants couldn't get to Brady because the offensive line was so good. He had to buy time, slide a few times, wait. Remember the the conversion of Jaden Mickens on the fourth down, you know, all these, you know, exactly right he has lanes you know they're they're controlling guys they're sustaining blocks they're staying off they're steering guys out of the way I mean it was it was masterful in those key moments and the Giants blitzed a couple times and there's a, some hot guys coming free on the blitzer uh, on right. the blitz at times and Jones and uh Brady has to get the ball out and that's part of it but for the most part man I mean this unit dominated tonight again and it was it's that and Brady to me are the biggest reasons that they won I mean I don't think yeah. You can point to uh, to the you know obviously the things on the giant side of it, the mistakes they made, but for the Bucks' perspective, the Brady and the offensive line was the reason that I thought that they won this game.
0: Well, and the other thing too, I want to point out about Tom Brady, and uh, so he had two touchdowns tonight. That puts him at twenty touchdowns and four interceptions. And yeah. you know, and, and so we're we're gonna we're not trying to, to bury Jameis Winston, but it's like we have to talk about the difference between six and two and. You know, and, uh, and and two and six, or three and five, yeah. is is the lack of, of turnovers on offense. The Buccaneers aren't beating themselves, and and John, it's not just throwing interceptions that got Jameis Winston in so much trouble in his Tampa Bay tenure. It was also the fumbles. Okay, this is a guy mm-hmm. that, according to Pro Football Reference, had fifty fumbles. He had twelve last year, yeah. seven the year before, a uh, career high fifteen. In 2017, and you look at Tom Brady when he takes sacks, he protects the football. He goes into that old man beetle position, and 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 that's one thing that that now he's not perfect, right? But but uh, he's not he's not exposing the football um, when 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 the when the pressure around him and he knows he's going to get sacked. He's right. not trying to to do something uh, you know reckless, and he he does a really good job of protecting the ball. So if you sack Tom Brady, you're not typically going to get the sack fumble right. that we've seen unfortunately from from Winston for for years in Tampa and right. so it's, it's the interceptions that were that were plaguing him and the Bucks offense it was also some of those really untimely fumbles and so no interceptions from Brady also getting sacked twice on those covered sacks no fumbles and that's been- right.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's so funny. Every time Brady gets sacked in a game, you know, Brady's obviously hated by most fan bases and because he owned him for 20 years. Yes. And so I get it. Right. But every time it happens, you know, people on Twitter, all you have to do is pressure Brady and you can have success like because yeah. he got sacked one time. I'm like, do you right. know how much harder this is than you're making it sound like, hey, yeah. you blitz Brady. He'll beat it most of the time with his mind and, and right. his processing. Like, so it doesn't work very often that's why hardly anybody does it and most people have to rely on you know doing it timely and and getting pressure with four and have for years that's been the recipe like certainly yes Brady's not going to escape but he moves really well in the pocket and right. he doesn't throw picks under pressure and he doesn't fumble the ball under pressure and so like so- sometimes taking a sack is okay and that's where people like Carson Wentz and Daniel Jones got to learn that they're not learning you yeah. know and so people watch the games and they rip Brady whenever that happens but sometimes like Those are sacks. Those are plays you got to take. You got to have that happen. And you didn't make the costly mistake. When think about when they scored, they went field goal, touchdown. Then they had a punt and a three and out. And Brady took a sack on that drive because nothing was there. You saw the replay. There's nothing there for Brady on that drive and on that play, on that third down. And so he takes the sack, but he doesn't make a back breaking mistake that gives the Giants the ball down there in that end. He lets them punt it away. Then they get the ball back and they're able to score and they're able to go up and they're able to win the game. Yep. So it's those, it's exactly what you're saying. Like in the, in a game like this, if Tom Brady had had a turnover, it honestly might it, it, it have, that's the kind of thing that, it might have cost him the game. Yeah. It, it might have. And there's just no way Jameis or, or other options too out there in the league. I mean, I just mentioned right. Wentz and, and Daniel Jones. Those guys have turnovers in this, in a game like this. Brady doesn't consistently do that consistently. That's not something he does. And it's a big reason why the Bucks cannot play that well. In a game yep. like they didn't tonight, and still win because he's not going to be the guy that beats you at the quarterback position. And it helps that he also kind right. of balled out at the end of the game and and, and made some great plays too.
0: And, and John, I would be remiss if if I didn't point out that I think we saw tonight why this team got Antonio Brown, you know, and and why they went out and did that because again, without Chris Godwin, uh, it just seems like this offense doesn't click like it does when he's in the lineup. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and yes, Tom Brady was off on a lot of those passes. Uh, not a lot, but but uh, his fair share of passes in the first half for sure. Settled down in the second half. But the thing is, is, is John, you don't want to be targeting Jaden Mickens eight times, right. five catches for 36 yards. If you put, if you swap him out for Antonio Brown, <laughs> Brown's going to do a <laughs> lot more with those targets. He's going to do sure. a lot more with those catches. And so yeah. I, I, I just think that, that that you're seeing now, um, why and, and Mike Evans you know struggled tonight against Bradbury that wasn't uh, you know that that was not a surprise. Bradbury has done a really good job of of kind of um, you know owning Evans more than in any other cornerback. But Evans had the last laugh with a touchdown. But I, I think we're seeing why um, the Bucks are are going you know with Antonio Brown on Sunday night against the Saints. He's going to play. Yeah. And I'm predicting he's going to get a touchdown in this first <laughs> this first game. Hell, he got a, a touchdown in his first game with Brady in a first and only game, right? Through with the Patriots, so why not? You know,
1: right? Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, Chris Godwin is obviously huge for this offense. People noticed that tonight. You see, Jaden Mickens stepping up. We already talked about the play Godwin would have made yeah. the Mickens didn't. That was a big one that probably could easily have resulted in a scoring drive there early in the game. And so, you know, I think that you're right. Chris Godwin's so important to the offense. Um, I do think him coming back is clutch. I also felt like in this game they found a way to get those plays without Chris Godwin and so that's a great sign you know I think they're getting better at getting the short-to intermediate stuff really when they don't it when they haven't in this in in this season it's been because of drops usually that's been the problem or because they were in third and long but when they're in manageable down and distance situations they've been a lot better at converting those. And I think that other guys are stepping up. You know, it was, it was weird. I texted at halftime, right? I think it were before yep. halftime, maybe. And we're like, we're seeing why they signed, you know, AB. I texted yep. the Peter Report chat. And, and, you know, and obviously I was like, I got, you know, I don't think that this team needs AB. But again, without Chris Godwin, you're right. Like that is something like tonight was revealed. But then in the second half, y'all said, Tyler Johnson, step up, you know, you yep. Rob Gronkowski emerge again, it makes him clutch combat catches you know you can do some clutch right. things in, in that second half you know Mike Evans drew the big flag and had a couple on honestly a couple great plays and obviously yeah. an awesome catch on the touchdown I know he dropped a two-point conversion and that almost was a huge <sighs> huge mistake in this game but I think you know altogether, I don't wouldn't say that they necessarily have to have those guys to win but certainly it's going to be you're right it's going to be way Tougher to defend. Brady has shown he is never going to lock on to a receiver. We've seen that. It's not even a surprise at this point to see what eight guys caught a ball. And I think every single one had more than one catch tonight. Like he doesn't care who you are, where you're from, doesn't matter. If you're the guy that's open on the play and the read and the defense and what is being dictated in front of him tells you, tells him that you should get the ball, you're getting the ball and you got to make a play. So the Bucks are trying to put as many good players in those positions as they can so that you don't end up with drops like they had so often tonight. So it's a, I get it. I get it. It's a good formula. It's just something that I think they're going to have to continue to iron out with the, with the chemistry.
0: John, speaking of balls, we have our game ball segment coming up. Sponsored by manscaped, of course. So let me tell you about this little beauty right here. Okay. This is the lawnmower 3.0. And I tell you, uh, I did it, John.
1: A does Manscaped. some work, man.
0: It does. Does, it does some, some work. work. Manscaped was great. It, they gave each one of us uh, yourself, myself, uh, Cookie, Grizz, Matt Matera, a, a fantastic a Manscaped kit, and it comes with this great travel bag and all sorts of, of products uh, as as well. The, the big thing is the is that the lawnmower three this bad boy right here. But yep. uh, th- they've got the the Reviver. They've got the Ball Toner. Uh, it's, it's a fantastic kit. And, you know, John, with the holiday season coming up, it's it's a fantastic gift. And um, uh, I, I just, matter of fact, I just made a purchase tonight. I sent one to, uh, I'm not going to reveal his name, but uh, I, right. I'll, I'll, I'll reveal it tomorrow. But, uh, but I've already ordered from Manscaped. And listen, guys, football is back. And that means it's time to throw in your team colors and make sure you don't fumble your grooming below your waist. Our partners at Manscaped are here to save your boys from a big hit, so you stay clean and you take care of yourself where it matters most. Manscaped is here with a surefire touchdown with the best tools for your grooming experience. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawn Mower 3.0. John, I used it once um and i i got to admit I was, I was a touch skeptical and it performed like a dream watch it yes. is
1: so it is, is. I, i've been i've extremely impressed not that i wasn't yeah. not that i'm surprised but extremely impressed this thing is mint it's a terrific purchase
0: it, it really is and so it, listen we we got a, a 95% male audience right and guys the holiday season's coming up and if you're significant other is saying, you know, what do you want for, for Christmas? What do you want for the holiday season? Um, this Manscaped, it's the real deal. And the great thing about it is is, is the, the ceramic blade in the skin-safe technology, your snags are going to be reduced. Now, i got to admit, I did have a little bit of a nick, but I didn't read the instructions, which is go slow. You know, slow and steady <laughs> wins the race. And I found out the hard way, nothing to do with this. It was my fault. Um, yeah, this but, is a
1: tortoise greater than hair situation.
0: <laughs> most definitely, um, but the the cool thing is 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 the perfect package 3.0 is is what we're talking about. And you get the the lawnmower. This thing's waterproof. You can take it in the shower. You got the cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, the travel bag uh, for when you're done quarantining, and uh, it also comes with the crop reviver and the crop preserver. Uh, the crop preserver is the anti chafing ball deodorant, which ensures that. Your afternoon stroll doesn't end up with your ball sticking to your leg. And that's just, that's just a fact. So here's, here's the thing. You can get 20% off by going to manscaped.com and using the promo code pewter. That's pewter, P-W-T-E-R. Manscaped.com. They're going to give you 20% off and you're going to get free shipping. So it's, it's a great deal. Take advantage of this limited time offer for Manscaped's Pro Bowl lineup and uh, try it for yourself. So whether it's for a gift for somebody else, uh, your brother, your dad, your uncle, your granddad, uh, your college roommate, uh, who, you know, whoever, it's a fantastic gift. So get 20% off free shipping with the promo code pewter at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and a free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the promo code pewter. Football season is here. It's time to audible. From the ordinary and choose Manscaped for your most important male grooming needs. Now, John, we're going to offer a free Pewter Report T-shirt on top of this offer for the first 10 people that take care of this. And go to Manscaped.com and enter promo code Pewter and and sign up for Manscaped, whether it's for you or a gift. Okay. You're going to get a free Pewter Report T-shirt. All you have to do is forward your... Receipt to me at SR at pewterreport.com. SR at yeah, yeah. For that, it doesn't have any of your credit card information. Don't worry about it. And, and all your information, your address and stuff will be kept private. But we need that to send a T-shirt to. And I'll, mm-hmm. I'll communicate with you. And we'll get your your T-shirt size and all that. And uh, I think we've got uh, white, black, and and gray to choose from. Uh, really cool pewterreport.com T-shirts. Um, and, wow. and we have, we had that as a gift. So that's only for the first 10 people that sign up manscaped.com promo code pewter. Send me your receipt, email it to me at srpreport.com And I'll send you a free pewterreport.com t-shirt. Wow.
1: 20% off free shipping an awesome. The awesome lawnmower and the whole kit that comes with it and a yeah. Pewter report t-shirt. Yes. Oh my gosh. Christmas Folks, comes early
0: when you you're gotta, six and two.
1: You got to pull the trigger on this deal. I'm telling yep. you, man, this is awesome. All right. Our game ball, Scott. We got to get to our game balls. Yep. Tough one. I got to put on my positive cap because game balls are positive. Um, okay. Uh, one offense, one defense is typically what we do. I'll yep. stick with it. Although I know Ryan Suckup deserves that shot out. We gave him his love. Let's yep. not overdo it. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want to jinx He's a kicker after out of all. Us. That's right. right. Yeah. That's right. Um, but the Bucks' offensive line, that's where I'm going. I got to give them a game ball. I guess I'm giving out five, but that's a unit. I mean, it, it worked that yep. way together. There isn't one dominant pass rusher on the Giants team. So yes, it made life easier for them. But like I said, there were a few times where Brady really had to hold to the ball to make plays. You know, I think about the fourth down conversion to Mickens to get him yeah. a field goal on that drive. I think about the the third and, or the eighteen yard completion to Rob Gronkowski. I don't remember what down it was. Um, you know, both of those plays. I thought that group tongue in so tough. A couple others throughout the game. One-yard
0: pass to Tyler yeah. Johnson on that first and twenty.
1: That's right. Yep they they were great. They were awesome, and I think they deserve the game ball defensively. Oh boy, this is a tough one because not many people <laughs> played very well on the defensive side of the ball. And I'll probably steal yours, but one of the only guys who didn't make many mistakes tonight and, and made a clutch play at the end of the game to win it was Antoine Winfield. I thought yeah. he was really, really good. Um, you know, you think even back to the first half, the Giants ran that uh forget now was it an end around or something like that and mm-hmm. when they were after the rojo fumble and yeah. then he bounced to the opposite side of the field and winfield just comes screaming across the field and then later in the game uh he makes a stop then and then later in the game on the two-point conversion i know jones was a little bit late with the throw maybe but i mean winfield's closing speed just shocked him i think i mean again, yeah. i think he just didn't think anybody was going to be there so he was trying to make this perfect throw and winfield's ability to read that across the field and get there in time was Special, special traits. I think we're seeing a special player in the Bucks' defense.
0: Definitely. Uh, it might make sense for me to give it to Tom Brady. Again, we've talked about the the two touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, he did enough to win the game. But I'm going to go with Mike Evans, right? He's still not 100%. I mean, he just isn't. Um, you know, that was a nasty ankle sure. sprain. And this guy has not taken uh, a game off. And, um, you know, he, he came up big in the second half, John. Five catches, 55 yards. He had a big 20-yard catch. He had the touchdown, which was an amazing catch, as Tom Brady said, on the Zoom mm-hmm. conference call after the game. A, a clutch catch uh, over James Bradbury, who's kind of been his kryptonite. He's been his nemesis. And so for me to see Mike get that, plus a very important pass interference call on mm-hmm. Bradbury, really stepped up when the Bucks needed him to and, uh, and helped uh, get this win. So I'm going to give a game ball to Mike Evans, who's just gutting it out this season. He doesn't care about the 1,000 yards. He wants the playoffs. He wants a chance for a Super Bowl, and uh, so I, I, I'm going to give it to him. Defensively, yeah, Winfield certainly deserves that, but you know what? I'm going to give it to Jason Pierre-Paul. Jason Pierre-Paul did have a sack. He's at six and a half for the season. He also set up a sack for Ndamukong sue He had two tackles for loss. He was really motivated to play. I don't think he played exceptionally well in the run game, and I think that because the Giants were so balanced, it allowed Andrew Thomas, the rookie from Georgia, to kind of lean on him. And that's what Andrew Thomas does best. He's he's from Georgia. They run the ball at Georgia. So he was able to kind of tire Jason Pierre-Paul out a little bit, but he had enough in the tank in the second half to to, to come up with, with seven tackles, which tied Jamel Dean, Winfield, and, and Devin White and Jordan Whitehead for the, the team lead. But uh, he did enough with the quarterback hit sack and then as I said set setting up that sack for dowsu um got to give it to JPP for his return to New York as the Buccaneers escape from New York with a narrow win to move to six and two
1: yeah, he did he played big in the second half. I'll give him that. Yeah. I was tough on him in the first half, but he stepped up in the second half, made some big time plays uh you know, shouldn't have come down to what it came down to, Scott, but yes, gotta win. The NFL at the end of the day it is about winning and finishing in yep. the box did missed that the
0: beginning if you missed okay. the beginning of the show I, I went down the rundown you can check out the 2002 schedule go back and look there's a lot of close ugly lot or I should say ugly wins a couple ugly losses including one that uh, Sean King started against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday night uh, that was that was an ugly 17 to 7 loss uh, that was actually at Raymond James Stadium. But there were some ugly wins that season. Sometimes you got to win ugly, John, to get into the playoffs. And if you look at the Saints, who the Bucs are playing on Sunday, they have had some real squeakers, including an overtime win -win at Chicago um, that was not pretty either. But good teams find a way to win. This Buccaneer team lost when they should have won against the, the Chicago Bears on Thursday night football, and they win a game in ugly fashion Against the New York Giants on Monday
1: night football. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Saints have barely beaten the Lions, uh barely beaten the Panthers. You know, they've they've been squeaking them out and they've been winning, but it's been yeah. ugly. And so, you know, next week is going to be really interesting. To me, there clearly is no dominant team in the NFC. You know, Seattle just can't defend. Uh, and you know, Nick Mullins gets in the game and almost leads him to Nick Mullins oh, yeah. almost led yeah. the 49ers. I mean, they just can't defend. They have an unbelievable offense, so I'll give them that. Packers yeah. lose to the Vikings. Yes. You know, it is just – it's it's a weird year. There's no dominant it's gonna team. It's
0: going to come down to who's hot in December, right? Yeah. It's going to come down to who's got the momentum heading into the playoffs. Right. And we talk about the Giants and the Bucks. Now, I'll end with this. Uh, back in 2007, the Buccaneers won the NFC South with a 9-7 and record. Jeff Garcia was the quarterback, was a Pro Bowl quarterback that year. Didn't turn the ball over, made enough plays for them to win, had a really good defense that year. And the New York Giants – Came down to Raymond James Stadium, and and they won that year, and they knocked the Bucks out of the of the playoffs in the first round on the road, and then they went on the road two more times, John, mm-hmm. and they yeah. got to the Super Bowl with three straight road wins. Why? Because the Giants that year were the hot team at the end of the year, and right yeah. now the Buccaneers are far from peaking, and you know the way this schedule sets up, they're getting into the Murderers Row now, the yeah. Saints the panthers on the road the the rams on monday night football at home the chiefs uh on on a sunday night afternoon game at ray j mm-hmm. then you look at can you finish against some lesser teams can you avoid playing to the level of your competition minnesota vikings at home atlanta falcons on the road detroit lions on the road and then you've got the the falcons at home to end the season so yeah
1: and all those guys, all those teams are still playing tough. I mean, all they those are. teams they are. Are, they are still playing tough. We'll see what the situation is end of the year. I know the records go down and guys end up getting put on IR a lot of the time in those situations, and teams start to you know tank quietly. Um, but you know, I, yeah, you're right. This this four game stretch, we're going to learn a lot about the Bucks in this four game stretch. I mean, not saying they're going to win all four of them, but Saints, Panthers, Rams, Chiefs we're going to learn a lot about him and what the ceiling is for this team and Antonio Brown hopefully Chris Godwin next week we got a ton to talk about this week we'll be back actually yes. to to today, Tomorrow. I mean, it's, t- it's technically today, Tuesday, yeah. so uh, so Tuesday, 4 p.m., we'll be on, we'll be live, and we'll have more on this win, more looking ahead. And then Wednesday, we'll really look ahead in our preview show. Uh, we'll preview Bucks Saints, Scott, and I will break it down in depth, lots of stats and details, uh, on, the, on that game and the matchup stuff. It'll be a ton of fun. We always have a blast with that show. And then Thursday, we'll be back and hopefully have a guest on that show talking a little bit uh, about the matchup, but also some things going on with the Bucks right.
0: so as they, well. So. so, here's the thing. You want to go to pewterreport right now. We have some content coming up tonight. I'll have yep. my two point conversion coming up in the morning, and uh, and then we'll have gosh, and uh, you know sooner rather than later, John, we'll, four o'clock we'll get here Eastern Time, and we'll be back for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, won't we?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And anything at the trade deadline, Scott, is anything going to happen? Box going to do anything? So I don't, I don't think, don't so, think either. so. I would. I wouldn't mind seeing some pass Rochelle, but it's easier said than done. I. The end of the day, I don't know. You got to see who's available, but at the end of the day, there just aren't that many impactful pass rushers hanging around. Just the reality, and the Bucks don't have a cap space to really make a move for any a difference maker. So yep. we'll see what happens. Uh, great with all you joining join and jumping on the yes. show Thank tonight. You so much great show, yeah. We
0: love you guys. Beautiful,
1: beautiful turnout. Pewter Nation is strong. Uh, hanging with the Bucks after a. a a tough win. Uh, I don't know if you can say that at this point, you'll, you take them all six and two uh, and heading into a tough four game stretch. Going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be bringing it to you right here on the Pewter report podcast. So for Scott Reynolds and John Ledyard, thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the pewter report podcast.
0: Out. Out.